Hello everybody. Today's episode is why the left hates. Um, I really think a lot of their focus, because the sides have been drawn, and I'm not going to argue that one anymore, but uh, a lot of their focus is on getting others to do, say, and think what they want. So if you just look at what they're going after, you'll see the relationship or relationships they're trying to destroy, to tear apart. Um, now, one thing I'm going to focus on probably more, more than anything else during this episode is, therefore, they hate God. You know, one would think a clever atheist, agnostic, or followers of evil would appreciate others other people who are supposed to be extremely predictable. Really, the faithful are supposed to live a certain way or within certain constraints. Since there's no, really uh, an operation manual, you know, not necessarily an owner's manual, because uh, I guess you could call it an owner's manual, but that kind of means that somebody isn't ready to surrender his or her will and uh, actions going forward to the Creator. Now, let that sink in for a minute. I hope I expressed that in a way that's easy to understand. Uh, I'll come back to something that kind of explains why that would be useful to people uh, to know what's on, you know, your neighbor uh, given any, maybe some kind of strife or, or squabble can only come up with two or three things to say or do to de settle a dispute. Now, the most vocal of non-believers use specific instances when people of faith, decent, good people, uh, fall short when they fail. And they'll use this to argue the pointlessness of being faithful when really it's kind of like, hey, uh, for 30 years, that man or woman walked the straight and narrow, and then they fell once, and they're kind of like you every day. Why is that such a horrible big deal that you have to mock? Um, it would be much easier to know, understand, or f be for them to be familiar with the expected behavior of you know people... I'm going to kind of limit this to mostly like Judeo-Christian faith. Um, but if they kind of ha observe or, or watch for a while, they'll understand how we are supposed to conduct ourselves in our daily lives. Um, think of life this way. And this it goes back to the, the opening about being able to control, you know, thoughts, actions, deeds, whatever. Some of us live our lives as though somebody's always watching us. I'm sure you know people like this. It's kind of, in a non-creepy way. I mean, kind of watching over us, you know, guardian angel, grandma, grandpa, somebody like that. Um, I know people who want to believe that, uh, that a kind and influential grandmother is watching over and kind of keeping them safe, partly because there's hope that she is watching over that person and their loved ones and can snatch them away from some kind of calamity one day. I know other people who bring up their past, somebody who's 
passed away. Uh, and they're kind of held down a bit. They're tormented by the premise of that that demanding perfectionist parent, grandparent, is somewhere in the clouds sighing or tisk tisking their every action, you know, kind of micromanaging from behind the pearly gates. Uh, and then there are others yet who feel that past generations are cheering them on to action like some kind of justice, right? Uh, even if that action is violent or oppressive or not progressive, um, the thing that's the commonality there in those three s different scenarios is belief that our loved ones or overbearing ones uh, who've passed away uh, were taken up by the Almighty, yet they still have some kind of connection to us in the here and now. Um, and here's why they hate. And again, most of this episode is going to be kind of about, of, uh, you know, focus on faith and, and the attacks on faith that we see in, you know, society now. Imagine one of your married friends, somebody you've known for a while, and you've been kind of suspicious. You've kind of wondered if he, he's a married friend. You wonder if he's been cheating. Well, he calls you up kind of frantic and asks you to go with him and stand watch near his girlfriend's place because she's threatening to end their little tryst unless he shows up right away. Uh, now your friend's been, he admits he's been worried that the missus might be catching on to this uh, in his little side fling. So he's been trying to play it safe and hasn't been frequenting her, her house or her apartment. But the new girl won't have any of that. That's, that's her leverage, right? She says, um, she has rights too, you know. She needs to see him. Um, you could slice that little dilemma up r real thin like prosciutto and look at it from different angles. Um, I personally never really been like the cheater guy. Just it's a frightening prospect, the things that happen. And I'm not trying to play saint. But part of me has always known that relationships aren't easy for some of us. So when you have something that's decent, it's a lot better to shoot straight, uh, keep everything above board, and kind of work on improving things. Doesn't always work out, but it seems to be the, the honest, decent thing to do. Uh, and for me, it seems like uh, as relationships, you know, uh, if friends or maybe marriage uh, candidates, the closer you get towards the, the intimate status, things really change. Uh, and they kind of accelerate out of control. But um, I might be wrong. But knowledge of a friend's indiscretion is kind of a window into that person's soul. And maybe I'm way off on that, but I think that knowledge brings with it, it has tremendous power, no, how much, no matter how much we wish it didn't. Um, you're kind of bound with secrecy to, to something that's very destructive, you know. Uh, to a non-believer, though, it doesn't mean that at all. Because life to somebody who doesn't have faith is just life and whatever you do on the spectrum between pastime hobby and you know like a hobby just to kill time that's on one end the other end of that spectrum would be absolute pleasure and somewhere in there is all your your life that's all everything it, it, it encompasses and covers everything there's nothing above beyond or past that so Anyone or anything that stands between people who feel that way uh, and their list of preferred activities would be the enemy. 
you know, you're depriving them of something, some joy in life or whatever. So that's what I mentioned leverage. It's an important term. So let's go back to your friend. You're going to get you in trouble. Jeez, I, I really wish this didn't happen. How do I get out of this friend? Your friend says his mistress threatened to meet with his wife and spill the pine nuts. I use pine nuts because they're like 25, 30 bucks a pound. Beans, beans are pretty dang cheap. So if, she, if he doesn't show up, he's probably going to get kicked out of the house and get divorced and all that. So if, but if he comes over right away, she won't do none of that shenanigan. And, uh, but he's got to spe start spending more time with her. That's a leverage, right? Uh, manager at work says the company is thinking about shutting down your department and uh, outsourcing, sending the jobs away. Well, maybe that's lighting a little fire under the behind, right? That's the leverage. Um, young mom gets shot in the head for not complying with the social justice warrior BS uh, and saying all lives matter. Uh, that used to be something that was kind of obvious, but not anymore. Everything gets o overshadowed by the the new press we've got going on, this big press. Um, and all those scenarios involve some kind of leverage. There's we have, We're pressured to do evil. We're pressured by enticements to do good, to do better, to, to be more successful, or whatever it might be. The problem is most devout people navigate by a unique compass that they, the left can't find. That unique compass needle moves us, us in a different direction. And we're not perfect, you know. But it's still the fact that they know that there's, a, there's that other form of navigation that drives Marxists crazy. Um, and this, this has been getting worse. You think back, you know, I'm 55. I've been around a little bit. Uh, most of my life I've been kind of a watcher engaged in different things, moved around a bit, uh, kind of taking mental notes. And after a while, you start to see these connections. You start to th see themes and things start popping back up, recurring. Um, and, and I, many of you in my age group may notice the same thing. Younger people may not even realize that that's how the world once was. But for a while there, the left's only real beef was with people of faith was the recruitment you know the proselytizing the uh because the lectures on morality actually was like their exercise for for most of like 99 percent, they gloried in the debate like they had an uh an itch they wanted to scratch but they needed a you know somebody who was of religious faith around to get to, to get that scratch going um they enjoyed, uh, they bragged about engaging in the moral things. They, they, it's like they flaunted it. They were looking for that rise. They were looking to rile somebody up. Uh, and it was in part, yeah, it was to just rile somebody up with, by throwing out contrary ideology. Uh, even the fact that they couldn't even keep it quiet they really wanted to kind of hear. Perhaps it was, you know, uh, reaching out one way or another. And here's the important change. I, something I really see. Um, it's happening in real time right now. 
they're going after some of their own for not being radical enough, not uh, or not being active enough with their radicalness. Uh, and this is this is a sign of how far they on the left have moved. Not uh, you know conservative type Christians and Jews, uh, people of uh, peaceful faiths, um, and they hate God because faith makes people less gullible to join in their little evil fest or just uh, void. Let's just call it the vacuum, you know. Uh, not evil, but just no moral compass per se. So the much about the left is the big collective, um, and dissent is no longer welcome. Suppression is king, y you know. Um, no, no, no speech about anything that uh, tries to point out what really is going on, or. Anybody bringing up the, hey, did you really think about how, where this road is taking us and where we will be in, f say, five years? There is a, we're not allowed to do that. Uh, all the thinking and planning's been done, and we're just supposed to embrace it. or Pay for it, too. Pay for it, embr embrace it, and pay for it. So part of that collective means pretending we all pitch in and we all get a share. Uh, the reality is that there will always be a few who have no intention of pitching in. They're just waiting to pick over the collective pot, take their piece, perhaps in a little more, and then move on. Like going out to eat, uh, like the guys at work going out to eat with Larry, going out for lunch. And he orders an appetizer, steak, salad, dessert, four martinis, and then suggests everyone splits the check to make it easy on the waitress. And here's how they do it. Like every other liberal argument, if you don't answer, uh, get in line uh, and, and ask him, how that could be fair that you're subsidizing his gluttony. Uh, Larry won't fess up. He won't say, hey, you got me. He says you're a sexist who hates waitresses. That's how that works. Um, and people of faith really get to hate because no matter how depraved uh, the left becomes or how they try and lure, they really can't topple the savior because he's not an earthly target and they can't scatter or corrupt the flock like they can earthly leaders so think about where we would be now if big syndicated mainstream media folks had faith and coverage that was uh you know the opposite of what we have now there because there's something about evil that goes straight for the throat people aren't attacked typically for what they say when they're good decent Christians on on TV they're just it's just Christianity itself is attacked isn't it? just kind of crazy so the weirdness in their evil uh, uh, the attacks is that somehow they brag about not believing then attack somebody else groups of somebody else's uh, the per personal attribute that they actually don't believe in so that's just kind of weird too um, now attraction here's the thing about people of other faiths and, and I've had several Jewish friends through the years but I don't really feel comfortable enough that I understand enough of the tenets of the faiths uh, Judaism to speak comfortably about it right so and basically I what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I have a do no harm position um, but I have to admit 
along with that, I'm not a scholar of other world religions. Uh, but attached to that kind of ignorance is a simple test. I'm truly pleased when someone who pres- professes to be a Buddhist or any other faith uh, conducts himself or herself in a way that's admirable. I am I'm ecstatic about it. That's almost a commonality there, you know. Um, but I'd say over the last decade, we've surrendered our freedom to define what's admirable even. So what I just said would be poo-pooed right away. We're not allowed to do that. We're told, there's the, we're told what to think part. Uh, it's like we got up one day to go to use the washroom, came back to the table, sat down, and found out somebody replaced uh, admirable with whatever Hollowood or whatever these activists are saying is commendable goes, is what goes now. Anything to break that bond between creator and man because you can't sway people of faith and grift as easily if they are really focused on what they're supposed to be focused on. And uh, I'll close with my favorite liberalism thing here. How many times have you heard, doesn't God command you to give to the poor, to share, to have mercy on others? Indeed, that is written. But this is another abomination because it isn't giving to the poor. It's actually the government taking for itself. Because when you haven't voluntarily looked over that, what you, ha- you know, what you have, your own, from your own earnings, looking at them and deciding what to give freely, it isn't the same. They're actually, what they will be doing indeed is to make some of us poor enough that we can no longer engage in compassionate giving. Kind of weird, huh? Take care, everybody. God bless. 